0: Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make
1: you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The
2: things they talk about are completely random. It's story with Matthew Haslam
1: Hammond.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode six of Storytime Matthew Haslam Hammond. If you've made it this far, well, then thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, Just remember, as always, this podcast is sponsored by the Pass to Assist pod. For your basketball needs, follow Callum, Doug, Wilkie and Carl, who will basically talk to you about basketball. Why? Because they like basketball. So this is Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, uh, the podcast where you, the member of the public, will come up and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story. Now today, I've got um, a friend who has basically, I've known for about four years, I did a few gigs with him when I was younger. Um, and then, like obviously, we 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 bump into each other in Chelmsford quite a lot. And um, so, without further ado, um, as a like I say, as a my wrestling fan, um, please welcome everybody, Tom Maguire. So, Tom, how are you doing today? Very good. How, yeah. how are you doing? I, I am fine. Ever better of having you on the show today. You know, uh, we we've gone back. Oh, That's all right. We we've known each other for about four or five years now. I want to say. Um, we first. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, we met uh, at the Essex Arms. Your band, uh, one of your bands, uh, did a gig. It's the one with the boxing gloves on. I can't remember what they were called. Oh yeah, Radio's Dead. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, that was, that
1: was a good show. One, one of the one of my favourite ones I've
0: played. Yeah. Yep. It was a good night. I just remember you at the end going like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna, um, you know, we we'll give you the choice. We can either play a Blink One Eight Two song or a New Found Glory song." And it was just the joy yeah. of actually having. It was like, yeah. Yeah, I just just remember like the fact that you know uh, it, it, it it was it's it's unusual to basically hear a newfound glory song live, isn't it really? So whereas like you know, well,
1: not on my not on my show, it ain't. No,
0: <laughs> but that, was, that was the that was the great thing about it because like we were just there like going like. This is awesome, you know, because like, obviously we've grown up, like, listening to New Found Glory and things like that, so it was nice to have a change, yeah, yeah. you know. I love Blink-182 like everybody else, but, uh, you know, like, uh, hearing all the small things, uh, you know, can get a bit repetitive, you know. Well, then again, it's a yeah. great tune, so I don't think you really can. But, yeah. Well, one, one, thing,
1: one thing which I normally say is, like, I think bands like Blink-182 and Green Day, they're bands that sort of everyone, everyone kind of likes. Whereas I think bands like New Found Glory, if you're not into pop-punk, you, you won't like them. But mm. if you are into pop-punk, like, you'll love them, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I love New Found Glory. That's always Glory,
1: the though,
0: way yeah. I saw it, you know? Yeah. I remember um uh, a couple of weeks after... Uh, no, I think it was about... Um, it would have been... Because the Wednesday the 27th, my mum passed away on in September of 2017. And I think it was the Saturday... Or well, the following Saturday after that, me and my mate Pete, we went and saw um, the whole of the uh, "Not Without a Fight" album done live, and another album. Uh, it, you know, it was just an absolute mental show. Like you know, when you hear like songs like "Truck Stop Blues," you know, just that you know that that kick-ass riff is just badass, isn't it? Really, Was like, you know that. Like, oh,
1: okay. in Camden.
0: Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, Electric Ballroom.
1: I was at that show.
0: Yeah, I I think you've probably been to you know I think they said there was a fan who's been to like every single Newfound Glory show, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's a if it was yourself. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy that they did
1: bring on stage, um, I I accept defeat to that guy. Oh God! <laughs> I think he's he,
0: the guy that they brought on. Like, I think he's they said he'd been to literally a hundred, like a hundred shows. I think that was probably like yeah, hundred. That was his Newfoundland That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: they were saying they first <laughs> met this guy back when they opened for Green Day at the uh, Milton Keynes
0: hmm. so they probably Was would have been Milton on uh, the Drive Through yeah. Records brand then as well so you know uh, <laughs> yeah possibly yeah like um, <laughs> are they your favourite band because I know like you know obviously uh, you've you've uh, met them uh, probably a couple of times haven't you Like,
1: yeah I'd say they're my favourite Um <laughs> I'd say um, well well they're up there with Blink, I think, you know, Blink is, Blink-182 is a band where a lot of people say it's their favourite, mm. whereas I feel like New Factory is more, like, my personal kind of yeah. band, so I know I'm not making sense, but I hope, I hope you know what
0: I mean. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I understand, like, I think with Blink-182, like, you don't, like, you know, people who don't even like, like, um, like kind of rock music or punk pop, they they will they, they still say they like, you know, a Blink-182 song. Um, yeah, that's it, yeah. I think it's very rare to find someone who, you know, doesn't like Blink-182, really. Like, you know, I think, you know, every time I hear them, I just, you know, just think, yeah. <laughs> I even like the uh, the California album. I thought that was a great album, even though Tom Alone wasn't there. So, like obviously, that, yeah. it wasn't, you know, the same or anything, but I still rated it. I thought it was a good album. I haven't heard the Lewis one, but <laughs> so I'll probably have to Spotify it. I've got some,
1: California's got some good songs, um... Home is such a lovely place. No, not a lovely. Home is such a lonely place. That's hmm. uh, it's
0: one of my favourite songs that they've ever done. Hmm. You know, even like the, the you know the song entitled California. Like you know at the end of the song where it just goes proper into it. Like you know because it's quite a slow song. And Then like it just builds yeah. up until the end and bam. You know it, you know you sit there go like, yeah, this song's badass. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I could sit there. And listen I can to that that and guy,
1: go, like that guy, but I kind of. Always kind of thought that California would be like a
0: perfect second album for plus 44. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, uh, man, plus 44.
2: When it comes to
1: music, you know, like there's obviously pop punk is like the, my go to thing, but you know, I, I love all kinds of music. I I, I love my metal, mm. uh, I don't really talk about it much, but I do. You know, <laughs> Metallica well, up was one of my favorites mm. of all time.
0: I love uh, like you know when it, when it comes to Metallica like Enter Sandman is just such a you know such a oh, strong yeah. tune isn't it It's just naughty you know like you know you listen to it you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't really say I listen to them anything else but like you know, anything else of their song anything else of their songs but like you know at the end of the day that, that that's a you know that's that's a good tune like that is a really really good one yeah yeah like you've uh, you you're in pop punk like you know. uh you know, obviously, you've got your uh, illustrations that you started doing, um, and you know, obviously, they're incredible. I'm not gonna lie, I've got a picture of uh, the Undertaker in my downstairs uh, uh, toilet, and um, he he basically sits there on the wall, like you know, watching people come and have like you know, slashes or dumps, whatever they want to do, you know. But he's there and he's looking all good, you know. Like, how did you get into that, man?
1: First up, please tell me that you don't tell people that it's in there until they go in, so they're no. surprised that.
0: Yeah, 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 it's easy, like, <laughs> right, cool. I, I remember my my nan going like, who is that horrible man on the wall's like I have you know that's the Undertaker. He's been through <laughs> many wars. He even like you know got killed by Yokozuna and come back alive, right? You know?
1: <laughs> oh he died many times and yeah.
0: came back to life. <laughs> he's died more times than Jesus and um, come back to life, you know, that's that's just saying something.
1: I, I know Mark Calloway is a, is a modest man, but you, you can't deny that he's being mm. Jesus, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so illustration, um, yeah, was always into like drawing and stuff growing up. And um, what was it after I, I, I did college, learned the basics at college. And, um, as soon as I finished college, went straight into working I was, you know, doing hospitality, that sort of thing. I had a full time job. Um, the money was good, but I wasn't happy. It was just like the same stuff over and over again. You know what I mean? And I thought, you know, what, I, if I wanna, Give this a proper go. You know, now is the time.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, because you know, there, there's so many like hospitality bar jobs or whatever that you can always go to if if it yeah, don't yeah, work yeah. out. You know. So um, but um, so yeah, since leaving college, you know, I'd only been doing like pencil and paper. But like, I, I learned the basics about like Photoshop and Illustrator when I was at college. But since then, I hadn't really, have not really dabbled in it. But um, hmm. so. Um, special shout out actually our good friend Lawrence Crowe
0: yeah great guy
1: yeah yeah I love that guy um, yeah I met him at a sh- well ironically the same way that we met mm-hmm. at a show that we both played together we got to talking and um, I realised you know saw the illustration you know like photoshop that sort of thing that was that's what he was doing and you know I thought well this guy seems to he gets it, you know, he can do it. So you know, I've got to give this go.
2: Hmm.
1: And he's been really good, like ever since I um started doing it, he's you know, he's always you know, answered any questions that I might have, any concerns or anything and I like to think i return the favour for him if he has any anything like that. So, hmm. um yeah. So he's gone off topic of a little bit, haven't I?
0: No, no, it's cool, man. Um, like, you know, it's it's all the same <laughs> thing really, like, uh he uh, he does the the artwork for for this show and he also does the theme song. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, I paid him uh, twenty quid because of. Uh, I asked him if he could do the theme song as well, and he said I'll do it for free. I was like I'll just give you another five, but it's fine. Uh, I like basically <laughs> wrote out what the theme song was going to be, and then he just tweaked it a bit and said like Here we go, I've got it." And then like, uh, <laughs> like David Lawrence crow touch, so, yeah. <laughs> like you know, um, watching that guy live, he's mental as well. Like you know. you know his shows are just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether it's absolutely rammed or whether there's like two people watching you'll Mm. get the same show yeah you know
1: (laughs) that's a good thing you know if you've seen him play you know that's a good thing Mm. so um yeah so where was I so yeah made the decision to give it give it a go kind of kind of slow to begin with but I got I got got close and talking to a lot of other local bands and i was doing their like you know ep covers that sort of thing and yeah kind of just slowly went from there you know the more you put your name out there and the more you you know people know that you exist Mm.
0: if you know what i mean you know of course yeah like because like something like remarkable happened with your artwork like you know you you designed a um like something for the band Zebrahead and like you know growing up listening to Zebrahead, like you know uh like the mfzb album was just you know the absolute dogs bollocks wasn't oh, it yeah. Like, and then like next yeah. you know you, you've you designed like a like a design and they put it on t-shirts and you know it's just like you must feel like really really like, overwhelmed or something like that because like i you know imagine going to one of their shows you're like yeah design that <laughs>
1: yeah well yeah it's funny you should say that because um Obviously, before all this COVID bollocks took place, they did a couple of um, headline shows at the start of the year. Mm. Um, I went to two of them because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a crazy fan like that. So <laughs> so they did a South Ends one day, and um, yeah. so Chinneries and South End and New Cross End the next day. Mm. And um, I'd, I'd already known that the t-shirt design was approved, but I had no idea that they were actually going
2: to be using it, mm. you know, at shows, you know, or at least not yet anyway. So I'm guessing you're familiar with Chinnery's as a venue. Oh yeah, yeah, like
0: <laughs> I've been you there. Know, like, when you walk in and like
1: you go around that corner and then bang, like the room's there. Hmm. I just remember looking in the corner at the Zebrahead merch and just thinking, yeah, it's not there. Oh wait, there it is, there in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it felt so weird seeing it, you know. And you know, another good thing was like seeing people buying it and wearing it. That that was that was amazing. That
2: was you know. <laughs>
0: you're probably thinking, they like my designs, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you like, you know, just send them a, like, a tweet or something or like a, it, tag them on Instagram with like a design and they said like, they message you or something like that or uh, be like, hey, can we uh, use this
2: or? To
1: be totally honest with you, um a lot of it came from them just being like, you know, the best guys, you know, because, um, what was it? Probably about a year before
0: mm. I, I'd done that for them. I went to go see, um,
1: I'm going to go see Les than Jake, co-headline with Real Big Fish. Yeah, great, and, great uh, gigs they
0: are, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're
1: the best. Good exercise as well.
0: <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Nothing beats about um, shanking.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Zebrahead were o- opening
0: on the night. And, hmm. um, you know uh, Dan, the guitar player with the really rad moustache? Yep, yep. Yeah, he was hanging out
2: at the merch table and um, got chatting to him. And in all honesty, I... I hadn't, Going up there, I had no intention of like showing any of the bands my
1: work and saying, you know, this is what I do. Yeah. You know, would you consider it? But I just, you know, I had my phone on me, had me work Instagram, and I just thought,
2: you know, fuck it, I'm going to show him. Hmm. So, yeah, he stood next to me. He's he's on his phone, follows my
1: work page on under the Zebrahead account, and he's just flicking through it, just liking everything, just like, oh, this is so cool, man. You know. (laughs) And um, so yeah. He then, you know, just said, if you've got any ideas, just send them our way. And, you know, if if there's any that we do end up using, you know, we'll pay you and all that. And, and yeah, so coupled with a few ideas. And um, so, yeah, I uploaded a few examples of my work on to, you know, Facebook, Instagram. And I'm um, actually friends with Ben, the bass player on Facebook.
2: Mm.
1: And... He kind of took it from there. He was like, you know, I'm loving the stuff I'm sitting So, um,
2: yeah, here's my email and, yeah, send, send me any ideas. Man. Um, so yeah, it just, it just kind of went from there, really, you know, because the album that they were promoting at the time is called Brain Invaders,
1: hmm. and the shirt itself is uh, it's a Metallica parody. Yeah. It's also a parody of their album Ride the Lightning, so I thought, you know, like the lightning bolts and all that, that, that can really work
0: yeah man <laughs> that's so cool man like you know uh like i said i've been listening to them since you know uh, i was a kid i think i first discovered them on a wwe game i think it was i i think it must have been a uh, day of reckoning they had like um uh what was the songs they had um
2: manipulations
0: yeah, of my mind yeah falling, apart, yeah falling apart yeah you know no uh, i think they had another song um um, one where Ali just basically raps most of it. Can't get out. The house is fire. Can't get out. <laughs> Alone. Oh yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, joke. I see. Yeah. Like, yeah. That album. Like, you know that album. said like, You know you can just go back and listen to it. Like even if you wanted right. to, like you know, introduce someone who was like quite into like their hip hop or something and you wanted to, like, you know, change them to the dark side of pop punk, you'd be like, here's Zebrahead, go listen to them, you know, and uh, <laughs> just, mm. and hopefully their eyes were like, oh my God, these are actually really good, you know, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I, I always loved the, um, the, the Call Your Friends album, I thought that was a really good album, like, um. With... Yeah, I,
1: I like that, yeah. Yeah. Until the sun comes up, that, that's a banger. Mm. I don't, I think I've ever played that Or I haven't seen them play it live.
0: Nah. Um, I think I think I've seen like call your friends and a few other songs, but um, it was that tune of like, who brings a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's that. You know, it's just the uh, like the riff and everything. It, it's just you know a badass tune. It really is. <laughs> but man, <laughs> like I, I, you know, I don't really know how I could see. You know, just walk around that corner and he's like, fuck me, they use my shirt. You know, <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> That must be so much. Yeah, man. so, um, but again, on that
1: day, they, they, were, they were all really cool to me. Um, at, at the end of the show at Chinnery's, I drove to the show so I didn't have to worry about public transport or anything, so I could hang around really. And, um, hmm. so I hung around, um, got chatting to their merch guy, and I, you know, I mentioned that I designed that one there and asked if I could grab one. And he said, Yeah, mate handed me one of the shirts and he handed me a sharpie and said go get it signed <laughs> so yeah i went and got it signed by the bands, and um all five of them said the same thing when i brought it to them they all said you didn't pay for it did
0: you <laughs> Man, technically you do own the shirt so you know <laughs> you own the design anyway so <laughs> well yeah. like you know um, you've been in quite a few bands as well like right? um like obviously, I remember you know the first band you mentioned. I can't remember what they're called again, but you obviously had counties, and that you're in another band as well now, aren't you?
1: Oh uh, yeah, slumber yeah.
0: Yeah, what what like what what what's your like you know favorite gig? What you can remember doing at memory really?
1: Um, there've been so many. You know, I can't really. I can I can just name a few really. So obviously with Radio's dead. There was that show at Essex arms where I met you. That that was really good. We had some, I remember when we did an EP launch at asylum, which we'll talk about later. Um, I think it was a couple of nights before the Essex arms gig. Um, that's when we did the EP launch gig. Mm. That, That was really good. Um, just to make things even more confusing, I was also in a metal band at the same time with some other very good <laughs> friends of mine. It was called Causeway. We we had some absolutely blinding shows. Most of them were at Asylum. Um, as for counties, yeah, again, we've had some great ones, probably quite a bit of sweet one. Where I think we put on the best best performance we've ever done was the um, tribute show we put on for our late drummer Tom. Mm. You know, it, it was a hard night to get through, but it's, it's a night that we're all a night that we're all really proud of. You know, we filled out the room, raised a lot of money for mental health charity, Com, I think it was. Hmm. And yeah, man. it was like I say, it was a hard night to get through, but it's one that we're really glad that we did, and you know we made him proud. You know,
0: how old was he, man? He was twenty-eight. Jesus Christ, that's no age, really, is it? it was like, I, I'm yeah, twenty-nine was, now, yeah. like you know. Uh it's just mental to hear that, like, you know, mental health is such a big thing these days, and I like, um, like, one of the main reasons I started this is because like, I think people should talk more. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, and even in tough times
1: like this, where you can't physically meet people, you can do what we're doing now, mm. you know, it's been a while since I've seen you, but we're having a nice
0: catch-up here. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've got a nice little beer going there, I like it, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's really annoying is you get all of it down here, but like none of it hmm. around, around these regions, you
0: know. Yeah. Well, you remember we had Long Air, don't you? Like, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, I still I'm... remember the mankind costume. Yeah. <laughs> That's such <laughs> funny. That was a great night because it was um myself, um it was party at your house, and I can't remember who was the other band who was actually headlining, uh. But uh, it might be Mercury Rising uh, when they were starting up. Oh yeah, I lot of yeah. Man, like, they look like I've seen them a few times. Well, like obviously that time, then they had um, the time down the uh, Golden Fleece. I remember I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, like obviously I brought this Paul Rudd cardboard coat out with me, and he, uh, they wanted him in the crowd just to make up the numbers or whatever. So I said, yeah, yeah of course. Um, so uh, <laughs> I, um, when when you're sitting there and like, you're kind of thinking to yourself like they deserve more than, you know, playing in this pub. Like, you know, they deserve to be like, you know, actually in arenas and things like that. Cause like the sounds that were coming out of that night were just like, you know, I'm real. I'll sit there go like, thank God I went on first, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're, they're
2: good guys. The Mercury Rising boys. Um, if, they, if, if ever I know anyone that's like
1: into that specific style of rock, you know, mm. like Skid Row kind of sounds, I, I'll always direct them to, then
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like the asylum man, like that place. I was, I was talking to your mate Jack about it because he was on the episode before you, he's kind up of today, uh, with the Sunday. Um, and like, um, we, we were just saying about like how how cool that place was. Like, you know, it was just said, like, you had like a venue upstairs, and then you had like uh, a bar downstairs, and then next to that bar, you had like you know, a pool table, and then just like an area where you could sit. like it was, like, the most, like, you know, three uh, free things in one, really. Like, you know, like, stand by that bar, <coughs> where like... You know, I'd always bump into, like, you, Andy, Paul, um, mate Jack, obviously, uh, and his band. Uh, obviously, you know, you had Denise, Becky, and Ed, uh, who, uh, you know, basically uh, will run the place. So, uh, like, when, you, when you'd walk into Asylum... I'd always remember, like, you know, you'd see all these, like, pictures of, like, what people drew of, like, the regular people who would go in there.
1: Oh, most of them were eggs, I do believe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> was there a picture of you? There must have been.
1: Not of me, but, um, yeah. I think one of them might have been in the works. Yeah. But that was probably, probably shortly before place, sadly, had to close. Mm. Um... One of the things that I loved about Asylum was, yes, there was, like, a regular crowd there, but anyone was welcome, you know, mm. even if you felt like you didn't fit in with yes. this sort of
2: crowd, you know, people could still come in uh, uh, and be welcome with open arms, you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the fella's name who does all the sound in there?
1: Uh, there's been a few. Um...
0: There was one are you talking about the younger guy, or no, he was quite older. Um, you could tell, literally, he lived for rock and roll. <laughs> I don't remember what his name was, but the funniest thing was about it. I remember him doing sound for me once, and I went to London, and uh, like my uh, my ex missus uh, took me to a uh, gig uh, for a band called um, what are they called Onsind, and um, we we went in there, oh, right, yeah. and I've gone. I know the sound guy. She was like, "No, you don't." I like, yeah, I do. And then I went out to him and was like, yeah. "Mate, didn't you? Don't you do sound like you Didn't you do the sound in the asylum?" And then Golden please like, "Yeah, I thought I recognised you. You did the Disney songs." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Hey, yeah. clean. and we just had, like a talk for ten think minutes. Guy, think was, I know the guy you're talking about, but so I think I think I know the guy you're talking yeah. about. I just uh, don't know his name. Yeah.
1: I, don't know his name,
0: either. <laughs> That's fine, but like it was just so surreal, just like thinking, like I'm in this little, like, well, this little hipster bar in London or whatever. I think I look really, really out of place. I'm looking around, going, uh, uh. <laughs> like, kind of like worried, like, kind of thing. But then I've just bumped into this dude who, like, you know, obviously I did, I met, like, you know, at a gig I did once, and it was just saying, like, quite amusing, <laughs> man, like. <laughs> There was quite a few funny shows. I went, to, I went to the asylum, like, probably, you know, towards the end of it, probably like once a month or something, like, uh, I remember the, the the joy of basically, like, when it shut down, like, if you wanted, like, if you were that drunk and stupid enough, you could go next door to the cave and, uh <laughs> like, have, have a few more <laughs> extra beers and just be like, yeah, I regret this, but, you know, <laughs> I really want that beer. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: But, but no, um funny you should mention Mercury Rising actually. because um, mm. I I was actually I was there on the closing night.
2: Yeah.
1: And um so a few a few regulars took in turns to DJ and Max, who's the singer of Mercury Rising, yeah. he was he was the last one to DJ. And the last song that was the last song to ever be played through the PA at asylum mm-hmm. was um the theme song to cheers.
2: <laughs>
1: like so fitting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like the uh, they do the uh, the parody on the Simpsons, don't they? We've like, got happiness is just a flame in away. way. Oh yeah, flaming moe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good parody though. But, but yeah, like, uh, like, how what was the last night like there? Like, I'm guessing it must have been just absolutely heaving because, like, you know.
1: I don't remember too much from it because, well, for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so there, there was a lot of. Um obviously we took took a bit of time for everyone to you know sort of thank Ed and Denise and all that
2: Mm. and um do you remember this when the place had officially closed
1: and done and everyone had to had to leave basically whatever beer was left in the fridge they were just giving out to us (laughs) because obviously they couldn't sell it no more so it's only going to go to waste so you know you want
0: some bottles of San Miguel out that are left in the fridge (laughs) just take them you know (laughs) that's awesome man. like um, one, one day I think I need to get like you know uh, like I, I know uh, I've got Denise as a friend on Facebook so I might see if she ever wants to come on and do like an asylum special and try and get like a reunion kind of thing like I think mean, that'd be pretty cool and then because uh, <laughs> that place in Chelmsford it was you know it was just quality like I remember like, the, the only other like place they kind of got something like that well it's nothing near it but it's still a place where bands can play and that's Basement um have you, ever, have you ever played there before? Yeah, done a few shows at the Basement. Yeah, it's usually the same
1: sort of circle of sound people. Yeah. So a lot of the people that did at Asylum, you know, will do sound hmm. at
0: the
1: Basement. I've,
0: so, I've, yeah. I've got this hilarious story about the Basement. You know where the stage? Well, I say the stage. It's basically just a floor, and they they put you up, put you know, all things. And there's a giant air vent next to the uh, the stage, uh, like you know, above your head. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's a video of me actually. Uh, it's little, like when I did a live set or whatever, and uh, I'm just saying you know to like the six people who attended, like thank you, thank you, you have a great night or whatever. And then next thing turned, like, you know I've turned like you know turned like to the side, started walking off, and bam, just whack me in head, like oh, fuck. <laughs> absolutely does. Done myself, you know, and I said, like, "Ah, I fucking killed." Where's my beer? And just went and got a beer. <laughs> you know, People like,
1: probably thought that was part of the act. Yeah, pro- it wasn't probably. An
0: accident. <laughs> well, you know, it didn't, doesn't really help when you eat like because they have the lights just shining in your eyes constantly. And you yeah. there? Like, Ugh. Well, well, the well, way the ceiling is, the huh? way
1: the ceiling is a basement is there's like <laughs> some really low dips, and then there's so when me and the boys in counties played there, like. You will saying, Rob, you're little. You're going to stand under the <laughs> under this bit. I'm six foot three and Lloyd's six foot four, so mm-hmm. there's no way that we could go on that side. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to stand up straight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just like, that place, you know, like their jam donut shots are pretty naughty. Um, oh like, yeah, that, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like you know, you like obviously you played there with counties. Like you know, how, how what what were your memories of that?
1: Uh, from what I remember it was actually a show that Andy Paul had put on for his birthday okay and yeah so his band Andy
2: Paul's Booze Riddle uh, orchestra yeah orchestra yeah yeah (laughs) they were playing and I thought you know what don't ask you don't get so I messaged Andy asking Mm. if we could open on the night and
1: yeah he was up for it and yeah glad I glad I asked because it was a good night for for both us and him Man. I like to think we got
0: the got the night off to a good start, you know. Yeah. He, he he's a good guy, old Andy, I like him. Like um Yeah he, I like um, him, yeah. He um he, I remember once he asked me to play the Fling Festival. And I was uh, there. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh I was thinking, I usually attract crowds of, like, six people, so this is, like, you know... Uh, <laughs> unless it's, like, in you know, a pub during the day or something, where there's people going to be there. But, you know, I ended up coming to this, you know, place or whatever. And it was really annoying, because I had this band on before me, and they literally were doing, like, Foo Fighters covers and all this stuff. And they was they sounded absolutely amazing. And then, next thing you know, I've had to go on. Uh, I, you know, this, there's this, actually this massive crowd here for me, and I'm thinking, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> i've put, put on this like this set and it's gone really well and then like uh i remember playing one song and, like I, you know at the time i didn't have the uh the hooks for the back of my glasses and uh so basically my glasses like just keep falling off and then i'm going and eventually <laughs> once you know i've like head banged they fell off and i was like sorry guys just the technical <laughs> thing going back on then like just finished the set off and then like it, it was just so surreal because i was sitting there like this is the biggest crowd I've probably ever played to. You know, like, uh, like this guy who just basically had a bit of faith in me because I think I did, like, uh, I think I supported him and the drama llamas, I think, once. And obviously, he remembered who I was. And I don't always speak to him every time I'd see him in Chelmsford. So, you know, he was was a really cool guy. Yeah, and what was,
1: another good thing about him was, um, Usually, if he was at asylum and there was a band playing, he'd always usually always be up there watching the bands, hmm. whether he'd heard of them or whether he was friends with them or not. He'd, he'd usually be up there.
0: Hmm. It's quite. It's quite well, a, you were
1: saying it's just quite, now... Yeah, go on.
0: I was going to say, he's quite a bit of a uh, media personality in uh, Chelmsford, really, isn't he? Like, uh,
1: yeah, he puts on the Panic Awards, hmm. which is... Um, well. Every single penny that is raised from that
0: goes to charity. I think I—I I could be wrong, but I think they pick a different charity each year. They do it. Yeah. <laughs> he once told me I won the newcomer of the year, and the funniest thing is I didn't even know I was nominated. And I never never got any notification of the award. He told me at the <laughs> uh, the fling festival. They went, "Yeah, you won the newcomer of the year." I was like, "I didn't even know this is a thing." <laughs> like, and I'm sitting there going, "Like, where's my award?" <laughs> Back to this day. But uh, <laughs> like he always I was trying to try and see if he'll come on like future. I think you know he'd be a good guest, he would be able to tell quite a few I'll things. give him a show, I'm
1: sure I'm sure he'll
0: be up for it. Mm,
2: mm.
0: You know I'll probably do it after the show today so you know if he's up for it, but yeah. Man, like Yeah, <laughs> like, these days like obviously you're still gigging and you obviously you do part time, you know, at a pub and you, you're saying you really enjoy it. You know, how 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 are things? Uh at
1: the moment uh,
0: just annoying really with all the restrictions at the yeah. moment but you know it's got to be done man like you know I've, um, it, um, I remember what you know happened with me I, I kind of went into like a bit of a dark place um, and then like um, you know just everything was just you know, you know when you just feel like everything's just falling on top of you and you feel like you know you can't do anything right I, I was stuck in that zone and, uh, it really, it really got to me and, uh, I hated it, but luckily now, um, I'm in a better place. So, uh, uh so yeah. I'm
1: glad to hear it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that, that's,
1: it, this... I mean, I, am I myself been, been there, you know, hmm. I won't say I know how you feel because, you know, everyone's mind works differently, hmm. but, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I, I can relate, you know, hmm.
0: I've been there. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Moving on to probably a more positive subject. Uh, have you got any fun newfound glory stories?
1: Got <laughs> uh, quite a few. That's you know really annoying. I'll probably um, probably the very minute that we stop this podcast, I'll probably remember one. But um, <laughs> so I think so off the top of me, the first time I met him mm. was uh, bloody hell, coming to the end of twenty fourteen. It was um, me and the, the old drummer from Radio's Dead Nathan. We uh, went and saw them, and we paid a little little extra for the VIP upgrade. Yeah. yeah. So what that meant was um, you got you got to see them do their sound check before the show, and you got to chat with them, have a picture, mm-hmm. and all that. And so the way it worked was is the people who were in the VIP crowd was for the sound check. You know, you all shout out a song to request, and if the song was going to be played on the night, they'll say that, that that's going to be played tonight. So we won't do it. But if it wasn't on the set list, they play it for the sound check. If that makes sense,
0: yeah. So um, yeah. So when people were
2: shouting out the songs, um, a lot of people were shouting out all about her off of the self-titled album,
1: which mm. is a great song. But I kept shouting out "Ballad for Lost Romantics," and Chad just goes through the microphone: anthem or ballad and people obviously were louder when uh, what was it not Anthem sorry ballads or or all about her and people started you know cheering more when he said all about her and hmm. Chad just looked at me and goes you're it, my friend <laughs> but then after we watched them do the sound check um, obviously we got chatting to them and um, you know got a photo with them they were really down to earth guys really hmm. cool and um, I thought fuck it let's tell him like we, we do a cover of my friend's overeat at almost every show that we play Yeah. um and we were saying how if we, some if sometimes we don't play it people ask us why we didn't play it and <laughs> Cyrus the drummer just goes now you know how we feel
0: <laughs> <laughs> man, that's amazing like I've only ever done the VIP uh, experience once with a band and it was bowling for soup um oh yeah yeah love those guys man a hench yeah <laughs> And, uh, you know, you know, when you're just too starstruck to say anything, so you you're like, you're my favorite band of all yeah. time. I just kind of did that and just posed the photo, like, you just, me, just pretty drunk, just go like... <laughs> like. I'll tell you about,
1: um, I'll tell you about my trip to Stockholm, uh, earlier this year before all this COVID bullshit started happening.
0: No, but go ahead. It's a story time Matthew has on Hammond. You can tell any story you want. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um. When, when I was chatting to the Zebrahead guys at um, the headline shows that they were doing, hmm. they were they were going on tour with some 41, like supporting them in that Europe.
0: badass, yeah.
1: And I, I said to Ben, the bass player at one of the headline shows that I was toying with going out to one of the European dates. Hmm. And he said, all right, well, let me know and I'll put you on the guest list.
2: Sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Went over to Stockholm,
1: had, had a couple of beers with Dan, the guitar player, before hmm. the show. And, um, yeah, so Zebrahead killed it opening in the 41, classic, you know, great set. Mm. And um, went to go meet Ben, the bass player from Zebrahead, um, after the show. And um, so he comes out, he's got, got all his stuff on him, and he says, you know, he says hi, and he says, just give me a minute, I'm going to go put my stuff on the bus, and I'm going to take you through to see everyone. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, comes off the bus and just before we go into the backstage area, mm-hmm. he gives me a quick briefing. He says, okay, just um, just act casual like you're with us. And if you see any of the Sun 41 guys, don't ask them for a photo or anything. Cause it probably won't, but it might get us in trouble with their management. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, all right. And he said, well, once you're in our dressing room, you can have all the photos you like with us. Just not if you see any of the Sun 41 guys. Mm. So, um, yeah, so we go in and um, all, all the rest of the band are sitting there, some of their crew, there's loads of beer bottles around and like, empty pizza boxes. <laughs> and first thing that happens when I walk in, um, uh, Ben, the bass player, he offers me a beer. And, you know, I just thought, this is great. You know, I'm just, I'm <laughs> sat here having a beer with like, backstage with one of my favourite bands ever.
2: Yeah.
1: But one moment where I was really, really starstruck and had to contain myself or control myself even, as people were opening and shutting the door hmm. to the dressing room, fucking Cone from Sun 41 was stood right outside. <laughs> and I was fanboying so hard in front of all the Zebrahead guys because, hmm. yeah, I was just like, fucking hell, that's Cone. <laughs>
2: yeah. I was just thinking of how easy it could have been for me to have gotten up and just get a photo with him but I thought, you
1: know what, I'm not going to get Zebrahead into trouble or anything so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, um... that, was, that was hard though. That
0: was hard. It was, like,
2: all...
1: But, you know, like I'm, I'm sure Cohen would have been more than happy to have chatted to me and had a photo, but it's not them, it's the management, you
0: know? Yeah, of course, man. I take it, like, you know, obviously one of your grown-up albums was, like, you know, all killer, no filler, you know, like.
1: Oh, mate, I I absolutely love that album. I'll tell you what, that's one of them albums I'm going to be listening to even when I'm an old man.
0: It is, like, uh, it's like how I was speaking to Tim Rogner from Alistair, and I said, like, you know, obviously me and you, we both know the albums Last Top Suburbia. But with that album as well, no, uh, all killer no filler. Um, you literally, tune after tune after tune. You, you, you just can't go wrong with it, you know. Like it really, Exactly really, what it says on the tin, you know. Exactly, like it's mental. So, um, <laughs> man, like it's just, it's just always nice to like you know bond with someone about punk pop because like. It, you know, as much as, you know, I live in Brentwood, you know, like, I'm probably like, it's probably about three of us in Brentwood who like the genre. <laughs> so, like, when I'm talking to you, it just, it just feels like, you know, great, it's natural for, the, you know, just the conversation flows, you know, but... Um, yeah. Uh, Wessex in general
1: isn't, isn't the most punk rock oriented
0: places you know? <laughs> exactly yeah like you know if you go to Camden like because like I think you know when I when I first turned like uh, 18 uh, well when I first got a job I actually tell a lie I think most of my Fridays were actually spent in the forum in Kentish Town because like, I'd be able to get like tickets for like bowling for soup and all that for like 20 quid and it was just there like, like <laughs> you know I've been to that venue so many times now you know because of just you know cheap tickets yeah. and, <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> Well, right, um, what was the funniest gig you've ever been to? Did you say funnest or funniest? Funnest. Go for funnest. Um,
2: there'd be too many to name. Um, like I say, um,
1: whenever less and Jake and real big fish co-headline, that's always a blast. Yeah. Uh, Limbisky at Brixton Academy. Mm. That that was insane. That was.
2: <laughs> I bet it was.
1: Uh. Um, uh obviously every time I've seen Metallica, they've been amazing. Mm. Um, the good thing about Metallica shows is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, get your people who are like really diehard metal fans who, you know, want to hear some fucking metal and all that. And, but you've also got your casual people who may not necessarily like metal, but they, they like Metallica. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a nice mix of people at, at Metallica shows. Hmm.
0: Man, like I've never seen them alive before, but like um, I've had a few friends who say like you know they they put on a show like you know you you, do, you never hear anything like you know no bad reviews about Metallica. Like uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, the first time, I, first, first time I saw them was um, I think I was fourteen. Hmm. Me and my best mate from school who I, who I still talk to today. Um, it was me, him, and um, me brother and me mum and dad because obviously we were still kids at the time we couldn't go yeah. on our own. Um, yeah, it was at Wembley Stadium, and um, <clears throat> what was it? The first support band was Mastodon. Oh yeah, <laughs> the crowd loved them. Oh, the crowd loved Mastodon. The only thing for them was is I think the sound let them down a little bit. But other than that, you know, they were good. The, mm. the crowd took to them. <clears throat> Machine Head were up next. They tore the place to shreds. Mm. Like people were going crazy for them. Like and then, so after Machine Head had played, after they completely
0: fucked shit up to all the place apart, poor old him were on next. Yep. Do you remember him? Him. Yeah. Yeah. So Vinnie Reale Band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. My God, they had every object under the sun thrown at them. Okay. <laughs> so yeah.
2: See, I'm not sure whether it was because they weren't heavy or whether their performance just wasn't there. Because yeah, the performance
1: was a bit off on the day, but um. So after that, Metallica went on and yeah, it was amazing. Right they um, they've used the same intro track. They use the same intro track today that they've always used throughout their entire career. <laughs> it's uh the Ec- Ecstasy of Gold from the film of Good, Bad, the, o- the Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of a
0: better opener for a- for a band than that. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, um, you know you touched on like you know obviously you said like machine head obviously just tore the place apart it's really annoying when you go see a band that you haven't you know you can't wait to see and you're sitting there and then next you know this act just steal the show It's like for fuck's sake <laughs> that was a quality show yeah. you know? to like, yeah. my favorite band and if they don't put on a show like that i'm gonna be pissed you know <laughs> like... thankfully metallica did, did live up to it yep
2: they, they... <laughs> Oh, I could say Machine Head. They, in terms of the support bands, Machine
1: Head they stole the show, and then it was literally polar opposites. Him, him went on after, and yeah, I felt sorry for them on the day.
0: <laughs> uh, I think what well, it might be, obviously, you know, because you know, like Machine Head are like obviously more metal than uh, what him would ever be. Him are like, you know, like I remember growing up and everyone was like, oh, they're, you know, such an emo band, but I don't know if you can categorize them as emo, but. You know, I liked a few yeah. songs by him. Like, you know, I liked um, the Funeral Hearts, and also another banger was uh, Wings of a Butterfly. It was a that was quite a big song mm, in the don't UK. Get wrong, I you know, know. Don't get me wrong. You know, like
1: I've, I've always, I've always liked them. Yeah, you know, I've never been crazy, but I, I do like them.
0: Uh you know, like those guys weren't the ones I was pumped up to see all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. Um, yeah, man, gigs, uh, there's been so many in the past I've been to now, like, I usually keep all my tickets and put them on the wall up there, and, uh, but, uh, like, recently, I, I can't remember the last gig, I, it was Simple Plan and Bowling for Soup in the, um, on Valentine's Day, <laughs> like, just before, yeah, they did a load of, yeah, they
1: did a load of Valentine's-themed stuff on the night,
0: today. No, they didn't, I think I was the most Valentine person there, I went in a, uh, a suit just filled with, like, hearts up, you know, I look like a uh, fat ginger Jimmy Hart, but, you know, look like Love Child, of Ed Sheeran and Seth Rogen at the same time, so, it was a, <laughs> you know, just, it, it was a lovely combination, I'll give you that, but, you know, uh, <laughs> but everyone said that Simple Plan stole the show on that night, and I was sitting there going, like, they were pretty good, they did boss do Scooby-Doo as well, which was even more <laughs> like, of a banger. <laughs> Probably not now whilst I've there, but a lot of people say I look like the singer of Simple Plan. Oh, up here. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Man, like,
1: do you know what? When I was slammed on last year, um,
0: simple plan we were actually doing like a meet and greet. Yep. And I was, I was toying, I
1: was toying with going to it and just
0: going up to Pierre, just like I found my long lost twin. <laughs> you should have done. That, but the man. queue
1: was, the queue was way too long. <laughs> like it was, the queue was massive. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Should have uh, what's it called? Like uh, you can you can you can buy a cameo from him, like, and be like, hey, apparently I look like you. Can you uh, <laughs> can you check? Can you check out my like <laughs> that Instagram? Is very, that is a very good
1: idea. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> he
0: plays you a song as well. Who we don't you do? You up a message and then he usually plays you. I do anything or uh uh well or, you know Welcome to My Life. But I feel like you know more people need to request my alien. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we actually um, for the other band that I'm in, Slumber. Mm-hmm. Um, me and the drummer, we actually ordered a cameo from from someone off of there for
2: our singer's birthday. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've heard of the guy on YouTube, Master
1: Ken.
0: No, I can't say I have.
1: Oh, it's, he's it's hilarious.
0: Yeah. See, it's, it's a fake martial arts thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Like this first
1: video is just like, okay, so uh, let's say somebody gets it in your face. Here's what you do. You're going to secure the wrist, and you're going to break the finger. You're going to break the elbow. And it just goes on really excessively after that.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll link you up to once we're done here, because yeah, you yeah, got
0: to yeah. see it. That sounds good, man. It's That's hilarious. Cool.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we, we ordered a cameo for him
1: from that guy, and yeah, it's well worth it.
0: Yeah. Um, I've done it a couple of times, but the most memorable one I've done was um, Jarrett from Bowling for Soup. It, it, you know, I just love the thing where you just like, you know, able to like, you know, um, put whatever you want in there. Right, um, and I like so what I did. I said like, you know, putting this message saying like, uh, um, "Hi everybody, I'm Jarrett from Bowling for Soup." You know um whatever like you know uh i heard matthew has Hammonds playing a gig down the robin on uh you know on, like the 12th of november or something like that and he goes but i wouldn't recommend him to anybody yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know just, like you have him slate me and it was great and then he goes like well he's better than coldplay <laughs> so like, brilliant yeah uh, and, like, and then like, the funniest thing is, like you know obviously, I put the video together with me, going, like, hey, everybody, I'm Matthew Haslam Hammond, and uh, I'm playing a gig down the but like the, the Robin on the 12th of November. Don't take it from me. Take it from my good friend, Jared, from Bowling for Soup, and put that video up, and it just comes back to me, going, like, <laughs> looking left and right, like, going, um, well, that was an epic failure. Sorry about that. Well, I'm playing that gig, so if you want to come along, come along. <laughs> And like, <laughs> it was just like you know. And then I put it on the Instagram and tagged him in it. And then he, you know, sent me a load of laughing faces. So they're like, my work here is done. <laughs> well, I don't know if you.
1: Well, I'm guessing you have heard. They're meant to be doing a tour next spring.
0: Yep, I've I've booked uh, booked VIP tickets on May fifth, my birthday, Margate. Sweet. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, man. Who would have thought lit, you know, uh, it's just the problem. I'm not sure bands. <laughs> It's like, when you hear that like, bands like Lit and Sugar Coat and you just say like, it just brings out so much like, you know, nostalgia. I know Sugar Coat obviously aren't there, but, you know, just like, when you hear like, you know, it just reminds oh, you me of, like, dirt. like, kind of like the American Pie 2 soundtrack, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, when you hear that like, bands like that, it just brings back so many memories, man, like, you know, it, it's crazy. right? I'm pretty hyped, especially, you know, I think the only real lit song I've actually really heard is My Most Enemy, but the fact of the matter is, it's a good thing we have, like, Spotify and things like that these days, so that, you know, you can just go and listen to them all you want, and then, mm. so like, uh, well, that whole that, that album's
1: brilliant, it's called, uh, Place in the Sun, yeah, the whole album's great,
0: bosh, i have to give it a listen, then, uh, I'll tell you, one, one of my funniest gigs I've ever been to in my life, like, the first ever album my parents ever bought me was Wheatus' album the uh, the uh, well obviously with teenage dirtbag on, because I was listening to quite a lot of that song and uh I, I you know obviously being I uh, probably about like 8 9 or 10 at the time I think probably about 9 uh, I've never heard like you know so many fuck shits and all that in like you know <laughs> in my life and then I am sitting there as a 9 year old kid like you know just listening to it and I obviously like listen to the album like you know just from start to finish constantly and things like that so uh, fast forward like fifteen years later or something like that, when it come out, I I got to see Wheatus for like you know the uh, first ever time in Chinneries in Southend, and obviously nobody else really listened to that album, but they they all listened to like you know Teenage Dirtbags, so they're just waiting for that song to come on, and then like they're saying what song does everybody want? And I'm going, truffles, play truffles. <laughs> and I like, say, the songs. <laughs> and then like, eventually it got to wanna uh, wannabe, uh, they said like, what song does everybody want? So I went, wannabe gangster. And they were like, we'll play wannabe gangster. I was like, yes. And then like the funniest thing is, <laughs> I have singing it word for word. And it comes to the part where it goes, because I'm a wannabe gangster part. And I've just put my hands in the air and looked at because I'm a wannabe gangster. And I'm no never lying. The whole, the whole room has stopped. And they're like, And then Brendan B Brown turns around to me and goes, "You, I want to take you on tour." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm down." (laughs) Went and met him after the show. Really nice bloke. Told him like, you know, obviously it was the first ever like CD I was ever you know given by my parents. And then um, they they supported well. They all like they they did a festival with McBusted like uh, about a year later. And I I made my way to the front of the crowd for them, and I went. Hey bud, how you been? And showed him like the wrist. Oh, oh my God, it's you! How you been, man. Like yeah, we had a little chat. Gave him a plectrum. And it was great, you know. Like uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know. And then we uh, he, he uh, tagged the photo and, like you know thingy. And then on uh, he put a photo on Twitter that like, that day and said like, oh like, what a photo. And he went like, he follows me. They follow me on Twitter now. And uh, he said, love you, brother. So like, mm. <laughs> got that connection with us. <laughs> Yeah. As for bowling for soup, I'm determined to design
1: a bit of merch for their tour. Yeah, next spring. not sure how I'm gonna, not sure how I'm gonna get it done, but you know. What, you,
0: there's a, what uh, you're part of the Bowling for Soup fan club on um, Facebook?
1: No, but that's a very good shout.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, send you an invite into it, and then like just put your designs in, man, and then see. You know, obviously. Uh, Jarrett's uh, in it quite a bit and he like well, you know like things and things like that so we laughed at a video of me and my mate singing a, a really cool dance song so you know that's probably your best bet to try I love that that's oh, a great tune isn't it a yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just like um... Like, like I said, like you said, like, oh yeah, I might, I might see, you know, try, try and contact him from Alistair myself to make, make, you know, make them some merchandise. So right now, I'm waiting for a t-shirt of Alistair because, you know, uh, <laughs> I grew out of my last Alistair t-shirt. <laughs> I can make that happen. Um, set sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got any uh, stories you want to tell before we finish up the show?
1: Uh, just quickly, um, I've touched upon it, you know, I'm also in a another sub in another band project whatever you want to call it called mm-hmm. slumber
2: yep
1: uh got an ep coming out sometime soon um yeah so i, I joined that band originally as a session based player yeah <clears throat> and um yeah did a few shows with them and then eventually they asked me do i want to be a full-time member and i thought you know what nothing's really going to change so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right
0: have you, have you like, sort of had like every single job in the band industry by any chance because I like, I swear I've seen you do you know you've sung you play guitar you or you just told you play bass I, I bet you probably hit a few drums in your <laughs> in your timeline right <laughs> Well, I dabbled in drums a bit when I was younger but never actually you know in a band or whatever you
1: know
0: yeah. Man, like, it's such a hard instrument. I've tried it many a times, and I could play the basic beat of, you know, but, you know, I couldn't get past that. (laughs) I just kind of lost patience. It's like, yeah, it's not going to (laughs) work.
2: Oh, quickly. Yep. I don't know if we've chatted about it yet,
1: but the most recent WrestleMania, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what are your thoughts on it?
0: The uh, the two-day, (laughs) huh?
1: Yeah, it had its good points, and it had its what the fuck points, you know? Yeah. <laughs> See, right. I, th- I thought, I thought the Boneyard match was actually, I, I, I thought that was a good touch. Mm. Like the kind of movie kind of format. I thought that worked really well, especially for someone like the Undertaker. Whatever it was, John Cena was doing. Like, what the fuck? You
0: know? <laughs> that, if I fly Funhouse, like someone like basically explained it. And, uh, when, when you read the explanation, it kind of made sense. Like, It was about, like, you know, how, like, John Cena wouldn't ever turn heel again. And, like, that's why I had, like, the whole, like, you know, him and the NWO kind of selling out as a heel, you know, kind of thing, you know. It it basically, you know, it was the the reverse things of what John Cena would do. So when you would read about it, it kind of made sense. But um, it was a bit of a, you know, like, the best thing about it was that part of the Vince McMahon puppet going, that's some good shit, (laughs) you know, like...
1: (laughs) Oh, that's just reminded me of um, back when DX really formed, and um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels came out as the McMahon's. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Triple H was Vince, and Shawn Michaels was Shane. <laughs> so I can't stop dancing. I just <laughs> remember Triple H just going, "Stop!" It. <laughs> yeah. Right, that man is so iconic. old, Tri- old Vince McMahon, and like <laughs> you know, just you know, some of the stories you hear about the dude, and like it's just like you know unbelievable like you know he's he still he like he still like cares for his like 100 year old mother and things like that it's just their like mental like you know the fact that you know Vincent Man, he's still like built like a brick shit house and he's like in his 70s and it's just their like money money's a big thing man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um going back
1: to this year's wrestlemania
2: hmm.
1: one of the better matches which was also a really fucking hard match to watch, was uh, Edge versus Orton. Oh, yeah. Because I, I really wanted Edge to win that, but yeah. there were times, especially in the beginning, where you thought, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Edge looks too fucked. But I <laughs> it in the end.
0: Went on for like 40 minutes as well, didn't it? Like, it, was, it did, yeah. Uh, it was the longest remember, match on there, if I can remember.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I remember watching it on the night, like live, and thinking... Mm. Because it felt like forever watching that. You just wanted, you know, you just wanted it to
2: end. And well, for me, have see Edge's hand raised at the end. You
0: know, yeah, like basically it's the fairy tale story about the guy who like was told you'll never wrestle again, and next thing you know he's fighting like you know Randy Orton at WrestleMania. It was, it was absolutely mind blowing mm. to see like you know that actually happened. So <laughs> it's, it's happened a it's few crazy times. How
1: hmm. Crazy how the crazy thing about pro wrestling is. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but the lifestyle is very demanding.
2: Mm.
1: You barely get any days off a year. You're always touring, and whether you're not, whether you're doing a show, if you're not doing a show that's on TV, you probably do a house show somewhere. Mm. You know, probably not getting much sleep either.
0: You know, yeah. seems like you know they're constantly on the road as mental. Like you know, <laughs> I love wrestling. I always wanted to be a wrestler, but you know, obviously. Oh, same. Yeah yeah uh, you can know, kind of look at that lifestyle you're like yeah maybe maybe i've picked the right decision you know not to not to go into that <laughs> there've
1: been like so many like messed up injuries over the years like are you familiar hmm.
0: with draws yeah man like it was one of the first action figures i got like when uh like I went like i oh, got uh, this guy called draws i don't really know a lot about him and this guy was like oh yeah yeah he, um Talo brown um uh, you know they, they they had a match and you know he accidentally uh you know the the something went wrong in the move, and like you know he broke his neck. But it's the the fact that you know you hear the stories about it. Like Teddy Long was the referee, and he's apparently uh, he's gone to Teddy. He's like Teddy, I can't feel like you know anything. You know I can. It's, it's, it's you know it's, I've never felt like this before. And then like in Mick Foley's autobiography, apparently like um you know it's been stretched out to the back, and then like. Uh, Dilo bless him, you know, just in tears and like, you know, Jaws uh, mm. is just there you know, on the, the stretcher thing, going like, D-Lo it's not your fault, <laughs> you know. Think,
1: yeah, the thing is, it it could have been anyone. Mm. That 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 specific incident or accident, even, it, like I say, it could have been anyone. And um, you mentioned Mick Foley just then; that is a man who suffered for
0: suffered for his art, didn't he? Yeah. The time. <laughs> yeah, Like that guy. Some of the shit <laughs>
1: that he's done, fucking hell.
0: Yeah,
1: not even like before, like WWE with the whole Hell in the Cell thing. Like even in the ECW days, hmm. like man, he suffered for his art.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, like you know, with Droz as well. Touching on that subject again, like his best friend in college was um, the guy who invented the uh, brand Under Armour. Oh right, yeah. So that guy's like a multi-billionaire, and he's like made Dross this call, cool, like uh, basically like a tank of a wheelchair, and like you know. Uh, He just, you know, gets around day to day on that. So, you know, know, he's living, you know, the best possible outcome he possibly can do at the moment. You know, it's a sad story. Hmm. Because I'm fairly sure that when the accident happened, that was meant to be for a pre-recorded Smackdown Mm -hmm. show. It wasn't live; it was pre-recorded. So that's why they edited it out and there's no known footage of it, you know. The only time you ever see anything of it is when they did the older please don't try this at home adverts and you'd see that yeah, wrestler getting stretched it. out yeah. and you'd see it was him, yeah. don't know about you,
1: but then PSAs made me
0: want to try shit even more. <laughs> it did, didn't it?
1: Like, like, you, you see stuff that's going on in them, and you think,
0: I want to do that. <laughs> the worst thing about it is when you watch one of the like, documentaries of one of the wrestlers and then they'll be saying like, yeah, basically we'll be at home, you know, recreating the whole of Steamboat versus Stab yeah. at WrestleMania <laughs> 3 at home. And they're like, Chris Jericho, Chris
1: what? Jericho, that's <laughs> what you're
0: talking about, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Jericho, aren't you, <laughs> probably, I think it is, it's like, yeah, I think it must have been, because he yeah, was song.
1: saying that him and, his, him and his friend used to wrestle in his basement, like, mm. he was Ricky Steamboat and his friend was Randy Savage,
0: and you, so you're just thinking, this is the most contradicting thing, I've just seen someone tell me I can't <laughs> do it, and then you heard someone saying, I did this, <laughs> like, you're like, damn, oh, so-
1: just to avoid lawsuits, innit, it, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't blame them. But yeah, touching back on WrestleMania, it was it was interesting. Like, um, the matches were really, really short, what I thought. Um, Especially the main event. Mm, you know, at the end of the day, you don't, you're not really expecting a lot out of Brock or Goldberg, but, uh, <laughs> the, like, even the Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, they, they could have put on like a half hour classic, but it just seems like it got limited down to like eight minutes, which was their like, well, you know, when you watch back, you know, watching Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn, that, that match is, like, you know, one of the greatest matches ever. Me, me and my mates would literally go and watch that any time, and, like, we, we'd we sit there yeah. and be, like, the fact that, you know, none of this was actually planned, and they've just come up with this match is just gold. And, like, you know, it's, it's where the Fight Forever, uh, like, chance started. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, you, you watch that match back, and you just think, this is gold. But then, like, you're thinking he could have done the exact same with Daniel Bryan, but, like... You know, obviously, you know they were like, you know, it's pre-recorded. You can have about eight minutes. They said, "Like, come on." <laughs> well,
1: um, what was it? Drew McIntyre who won the title.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that match in particular was very short. Hmm. You know, and I wouldn't want to win the main event of WrestleMania without a crowd.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've got a twenty-four special on him on the WA Network, and it's a really good watch.
1: I like the WWE Network because you've got access to literally anything, hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. It is well, like, you know, the, the best telly. Huh? <laughs> <documentaries. laughs>
1: apart from the dark side of the ring documentaries.
0: Hey, they're, they're, they're really good. I like them. Like, There's been some really and interesting ones. What What's that say? There's been some really interesting ones where you sit there and like, sometimes you're like, I've never heard of this wrestler. When I, when I like read, watched the one about Gino Hernandez and he was just there like with the Mafia and things like that, And he just coped himself Mm. up to death, and it was just their mental, really, wasn't it? But, you know. Maybe you've
1: seen the Chris Benoit one.
0: Yeah, the two part. (laughs) It's such a sad story, that.
1: Um, The thing about that documentary is they literally touch on everything that the WWE brushed under the carpet. They Mm. touch on everything. And people, like former WWE wrestlers who were on that documentary,
0: Hmm. they're never working for WWE again <laughs> after the, the beans that they spilled on that documentary. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting take, really, because especially when you think, like, well, Chris Jericho, you know, he's, like, the narrator for it, and, like, you think to yourself, he's definitely going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame someday, but you kind of think to yeah, yourself, think like, now. <laughs> now, like, you know, when you went, especially when they're, like, you know, berating the WWE, well, that, I wouldn't say they're berating it, like, it, there was a few things where, like, you know, um, like what was the thing I was saying? Like when they had about the you know the, the like you know obviously Charvo and Jericho apparently were the only ones who reached out to Chris Benoit's son or something you know like and that, that, that's the guy I feel sorry for because he literally mm. he, he drew the
2: short the short straw and he like they said in the documentary he done nothing wrong
0: ever, yeah exactly yeah you know he just has that
1: attached to him he's the son of Chris
0: Benoit you yeah. know so um, when you listen to um, when you read Chris Jericho's one of his books he mentions about like when he reaches out to his um, to, you know Benoit's son and says about you know hey, how you doing like you know cold up or whatever and like his, this is the sad thing his son turned around and said like well can I still watch wrestling and he's there, like of course you can like, but yeah, like, I didn't know that you know, why 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 can't you watch wrestling, you know? like you know, it's Yeah, it's mm. mind blowing man.
1: <laughs> well the thing that gets me about the whole Chris Benoit thing is um it's well well documented in the documentary, but it's it's so clear that he needed serious help after Eddie passed away. Mm. Like it doesn't take a genius to work that one out, you know, like he he that fucked him right up, that
2: did the passing yeah. of Eddie. And with all the money that the WWE have,
1: how could they have not provided the help and support that that
2: he clearly needed,
0: you know? Yeah. It's mental, isn't it, really? Like, you know... Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a touchy subject, really, because, like, you are know, there, like... Well, Vincent Mann's a billionaire, you know, like, you know, then again, like, what, what could have they really have done? But at the same time, you know, you know, then again, you know, they could have given him a bit more time off, you know, literally yeah. done something you know for him to you know do whatever he wanted but that guy like you know he was like the hardest working man in professional wrestling it was there like you know uh... I'm
1: guessing you've heard the stories about all the times that he punished himself by doing like a thousand squats for botching a move that wasn't even yeah. on telly yeah because I think I think Chris Jericho mentioned that like he wrestled him mm. in Japan once and after the match because of one tiny little thing that he messed up he just sees Benoit you know, in the locker room, you know, just doing them squats. Yeah. And he, I think he asked him, you know, why are you doing them? He was like, I've, I've got to do these because I messed that move up, whatever. Hmm. Like, who
2: says you've got to do them? Me. You know, like, I'm punishing myself by doing this, you know? Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, still to this day, it's just absolutely mind-blowing, really. like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard, It's a bit of a weird subject to talk about, like, you know, to this day, like, the fact that you know that all happened, like you know, it's yeah. Like I remember the day you know it happened, and yeah, it was just there, like hmm.
2: Yeah, I
1: remember the day I found out because I think it happened on the Sunday, and when we when I was at school on the Monday, my mate at school who was also really into wrestling, who was like, Have "You heard Chris Benoit died?" and I was like, "No, nah, that didn't happen." Yeah. But then when I got on check WWE yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. To this day. Still, you know, like, it still shocks me. Like, I, I, was, I was absolutely speechless because I was there like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, speaking of Chris Benoit, probably my
1: favourite WrestleMania moment is after he wins the world title and him and Eddie are celebrating in the ring.
0: Yeah. It was the, like, basically two best friends had, like, you know, basically done it, you know, they... they they Yeah. They've been through like you know their life together, and then like you know that you know was just like the crowning memory really. Uh, if it just ended there, you know, let them go on their way. That would, that would have been great. You know, they could have just retired there. You know, everything would have been great. You know, but at the same time, yeah, yeah it's a bit of a weird subject. <laughs> so
1: they, they touched in the documentary a lot about you know all the chair shots and stuff. And mm. remember Jericho saying, you know, you know when there's a chair shot coming. You just have to grit your teeth and take it. Yeah. It's always kind of puzzled me how they did the chair shots in wrestling, but, you know.
0: I still watch it to this day, and obviously it's a lot different, you know, they're a bit more, you know, the whole family-friendly thing, it worked. At first, you know, it was like the most hated thing in the world, but, you know, you got to respect, you know, the fact, you know, what they do is, like, you know, for our entertainment, regardless, like, you know, and, you know, it's, uh, even watching it like the pay-per-views like that ladder match Knight um, of Champions was it? Clash of Champions whatever it's called the whole Sammy Zane uh, Daniel Bryan no not Daniel Bryan AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy that match was insane like that was like one yeah. of the best matches I've seen in a while like you know it just Sami Zayn looked like a madman at the end with them bloody handcuffs and uh, <laughs> that ginger hair just flowing everywhere you know like yeah. <laughs> well I think the
1: thing is is um People of our generation, like, we grew up on
2: the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era. So yeah. we, we were spoiled for wrestling growing up. Hmm.
1: You know, not, nothing's going to match that standard, you know. Obviously, during the Attitude Era, there was some really fucked up storylines. Yeah. Like, <laughs> stuff that I wouldn't even see ECW do back
0: in the day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, then again, like, you know... A few people say if it wasn't for ECW, then you you wouldn't have the Attitude error though, isn't it? Say, so, <laughs> uh,
1: oh, I love ECW.
0: Yeah, it's like watching it back on the network. You know, some of the things it look it looks so cheaply made, but at the same time, that's like, what I love about it. It's just so like amateur. It's perfect. Like <laughs> uh, it's just like you know, like some of the things you watch on there. You like what the hell am I watching? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Like, there's like the, I can't remember, but there's a video somewhere watching like Barbara Ray Dudley basically um, <laughs> saying saying like he was a little mouthy. kid uh, <laughs> get to like some fans and like you know you can't kind of, like you watch the documentary like one of the best documentaries that has ever been made is the Rise and Fall of ECW and like the fact that oh, the like, yeah. how how they you know they even left the building alive is still mind blowing to this day with some of the things yeah. they said.
1: I mean, I was just like powerbombing someone through a for a table that's on fire, hmm. you know, <laughs> and the crowd just encouraging it, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: well, but you, you did hear like another thing that I loved about ECW was the crowd. Yeah, you had a lot of chant
1: that you'd never hear in WWE. Yeah, of course, yeah. But <laughs> well, certainly not in these days, anyway. You know,
0: wasn't <laughs> it like they, they started chanting at Molina once, like when it was at the, like, Hardy Boys versus. Uh, M&M that pay-per-view December to dismember like one of the, the yeah. worst pay-per-views ever made I think it is but um, they like, I think if it wasn't for that Hardy Boys match you know they <laughs> you know but like the ECW fans because that they literally thought yes it's actually finally back kind of thing and then like it just went all to shit but um, like they were all chanting up Melina going like she's a crack or you know no <laughs> things like that you know well,
1: I will say, though, yeah, the ECW reboot was disastrous, but ECW One Night Stands, the first two, they, hmm. they were brilliant.
0: I thought the first one I was still a remember. lot better than the f- second one. Like The second one was a bit like, Ugh, you know, that's when they kind of... Oh, I one.
1: But I, I do remember the main event, uh, Rob Van Dam versus John Cena. Hmm. I've, I've, I, to this day, I've never seen a single wrestler get so much stick. In one
0: building than John Cena did that night. I, I, I remember he John came so much. <laughs> he took his took his hat off, threw
1: it into the crowd. And they just threw it back at him. Hmm. So he threw it into an section of the crowd. Again,
0: they just threw it back. <laughs> Mind blowing <isn't> it. <laughs> <laughs> Feel bad for that boy. It was the fact that, you know, Rey Mysterio versus Sabu. Was oh, an extreme that match. was that was insane. <laughs> It was, but then then the table spot happened at the end where they both went through the table. And they couldn't make the count, and you see and they go like, "What? <laughs> really? Is that how
2: it's going to end?" Oh, that
1: weren't that not the referee's decision. There was that um, there was that doctor that came out and just said, "No, that's it. They can't go anymore."
0: I don't know. <laughs> it was a it was mind-blowing man like um, the best match that they ever made at that you know the one the one that stands was on the first one Masato Tanaka versus Mike awesome and you're sitting there oh, okay. like you know <laughs> you kind of like ask yourself about all the concussions and you watch that match and you're like yeah that, that, okay that, that that's just understandable yeah. <laughs> how how all these concussions exist like, like some of the chair shots are absolutely the most stiffest things ever and like you're sitting they go like Jesus Christ Christ. You
1: know, it's like you mentioned the uh Sabu versus Rey Mysterio. No, was it was, yeah, it was Sabu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sabu versus Rey Mysterio. But oh, yeah, some of the chair shots in that match, I, rem- I still remember to this day, you know, the impact of when Sabu literally launched a chair straight into
0: Mysterio's face, mm. didn't hit him with it,
2: threw it straight at him. <laughs> hey.
0: It's such a naughty thing to watch, yeah. Like yeah. ECW, man. Like, <laughs> oh, might have to watch them later. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I've got like you know not this week, but next week off. That week might have to be just the sole, sole thing of me just like coming on here and just re- reviewing ECW pay per views Hey, yeah.
1: I'd, I'd listen to that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm glad I got my first listener, <laughs> but yeah, how have you enjoyed being on the show anyway?
1: Oh man, yeah,
0: it's been great, yeah, yeah. thanks for having me man. That's alright, like, like I say to everyone, we're going to try and get like people around Christmas times to like, you know, tell us a funny Christmas story and things like that, you know, we're more than welcome to have you on there, you know, if you have any funny like, Christmas stories or like, you know, just any other stories you want to tell, you know, then, uh you know, do like a compilation episode. It'll be great. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Perfect. Well, like, thank you very much for your time tonight, Tom. It's been, uh, uh amazing. Um, just, do you want to give yourself a plug for your, uh, for all your social media accounts, like for your art, your bands and fire away.
1: Uh, so God, I have to think about this for a sec.
0: Um, <laughs> Okay, so my my work Instagram Tom underscore Maguire underscore Illustration,
1: and from off the top of my head in terms of music, uh, Instagram Counties UK, and I think it's Slumber Band.
0: Yeah, what I'll do is on the official uh, story time. Uh, well, on, on the you know when I share every day I share the um, like the episode and like you know like a, 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 a song with it. So I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll yeah. put all your uh, tags in there anyway so people can follow you, but, you know, it's nice to hear it verbally as well. So, uh, yeah, but thank you very much for coming on. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. No worries. I hope you have a good evening, and uh, I'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, man. Cheers. See, see you later. Peace. You do. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening to episode uh, six of Storytime Matthew Haslam Hammond. Always remember, ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you, and goodbye.